0: Good morning to everyone. I hope those microphones could pick up everything for you online to hear the happy sounds that came. Take care of a little business before I start. This being the last day of February, March 1st is tomorrow. We'll begin a new study, 31 days in the book of Proverbs. Each day we'll take a different chapter. Those are available here in the hard copy or if you need one emailed to you or if you want to view them online on our Facebook page, a video of it. Imagine for a moment, and I'll ask you to to step outside of yourself and go back in time And you are residents of the northern kingdom of Israel. More than seven centuries before the birth of Christ. And you're living somewhere around the time of Bethel. A town with a rich history and heritage about it. Remember, there are no cell phones. So you don't have to worry about silencing your cell phones. You don't have to worry about your cars are going to start. You don't have to worry about a lot of different things as you live in time of antiquity 2700 plus years ago my name is amos you have not invited me here so i can't begin this by saying it is so lovely to be here in bethel i'm glad you've invited me because it really is not very pleasant for me to come to Bethel. My outfit today, as you can tell, is from a farmer. Again, you're going to have to use your imagination. I've come here in very poor clothing, and you are wealthy. You are living in a time of unparalleled prosperity, as it were. I'm not an educated person. But nonetheless, I have come here to deliver a message. Now put yourself in the time that there are two kingdoms. There's a divided kingdom and has been for a couple of hundred years. The northern kingdom has existed for about 230 to 250 years at this point. That's an interesting time. A nation that's existed for about 230 to 250 years. Somewhere in history there must be something like this. There is a king who's been on the throne for many, many years. Not only in the northern kingdom, but also in the southern kingdom. We could go back to, if you would, to 2 Kings chapter 15. You don't have to turn there, but uh, it gives us an idea of the 27th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel. Azariah, the son of Amri became king of Judah. 2 Kings chapter 14 and 15 and 2 Chronicles chapter 26 give us a historical backdrop. And I know how much you would love to hear of the history, but I'm going to gloss over that if you don't mind. I'll leave these charts for you that you can look at later on, knowing how much you love history. Take a note, those out there. I heard some chuckles here. I'm not the first one to come to you with words of, not encouragement. I am not here to encourage you. I'm not here to tell you of how well you are doing and how much the Lord loves you. I'm here with a tough message. And you may recognize someone who has been here as well. His name was Hosea. Hosea came and delivered a message you might recognize these words that Hosea said. He said, hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, lying, murder, stealing, committing adultery. They break all bounds and bloodshed follows bloodshed. I'm not here to commend you on something like that. And neither was Hosea. For you might recognize what Hosea told you. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. The more they increase, the more they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. They feed on the sin of my people. They are greedy for their iniquity. And a lot of that same message I have for you, O people of Bethel. You see, you live in a time of prosperity. Listen to what I'm going to tell you in the letter I'll leave for you. I know it as chapter 5 and verse 11. You'll only know it from a scroll. He says, therefore, because you trample on the poor... And you exact taxes of grain from him, and you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. In Amos chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, I will strike the winter houses along with the summer houses and the ivory houses that you have built and the great houses shall come to an end. Do you know how wealthy that you are? You not only have a summer home, but you have a winter home. And those homes are from hewn stones, not mud huts. You are wealthy, but your wealth has come because you have exacted upon the backs of the poor by greed. Amos chapter 2 and verses 6 through 7 He says, thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel and four, I will not revoke the punishment because they sell the righteous for silver. You have sold the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. And those who trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth and turn aside the way of the afflicted, the man and his father go into the same girl so that my holy name is profaned garments taken in pledge are not returned they lay themselves down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge and in the house of their god they drink wine of those who have been fined in direct direct opposition to what moses wrote in the law from deuteronomy 24 11 through 13 you shall stand outside And the man to whom you make a loan shall bring the pledge out to you. And if he is poor, you shall not sleep in his pledge. You shall restore to him the pledge as the sun sets, and he may sleep in his cloak blessed by you. And it shall be righteous for you before the Lord your God. But you have not done that, O inhabitants of Bethel. I have not come here to praise you. In Amos chapter 4 and verse 1, some of your versions may use the word kine, K-I-N-E, but it means cows. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountain of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, and say to your husbands, bring that we may drink. Piling wealth upon wealth, completely obscured from your sight, are those whom you have oppressed. And all you can say is, bring me more. Bring me more. I've sent you warnings. Turn to chapter 4 if you'd like to see. In chapter 4, in verse 6, he says, I brought you drought, and you would not turn from this. Verse 7, pardon me, verse 6 was famine, verse 7 was drought, verses 9 was pestilence, and verse 10 was war. Do you recognize those? God has used those to bring his people back into line and to punish those countries who are against him. The sword, famine, and pestilence, he has used over and over. I sent these to you, and you would not repent. You didn't even recognize that I was trying to bring you in by discipline. You would not even repent. You kept right on in your sins. Chapter 5. Remember, you didn't invite me here, and I'm not here to praise you. Imagine in your wealth you are hearing this message. Now at one point you're going to have to separate yourself and say I'm not from Bethel, I'm from modern day United States. But I'll save that for just a little later. Amos chapter 5 beginning in verse 1. Hear this word that I may take up over you in lamentation, O house of Israel. Fallen no more to rise is the virgin Israel. Forsaken on her land with none to raise her up. Verse 18. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. As if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him. Or went into a house and leaned his hand against the wall and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies, even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I will not accept them, and the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs to the melody of your harps. I will not listen all that you have brought before me. You think I accept your worship, but I don't. I abhor it. But he says, this is what I require of you. Verse 24, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. That's what I require of you, not your so-called worship. Verse 6, chapter 6, verse 1. Woe to those who are at ease in Zion and to those who feel secure on the mountain of Samaria, the notable men of the first of nations to whom the house of Israel comes. Pass over to Kelna and see, and from there go to Hamath the Great. Then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms? Or is their territory greater than your territory? O you who put far away the day of disaster and bring near the seat of violence. Woe to those who lie on beds of ivory and stretch themselves out on their couches. Eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall. Who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp. And like David, invent for themselves instruments of music. Who drink wine and bowls and anoint themselves with the finest oils. But are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. You see, in your drunkenness, you're not drinking from mere glasses. You're drinking from bowls your drunkenness. And I make message that you don't even grieve over the ruin of Joseph. You're just like that. A reference to Genesis chapter 37, verse 24. And you remember this story, when the brothers of Joseph took and put him in the pit. And it is interesting, the very next verse, no doubt they could hear the cry in their ears of him wanting to be let go. Then they sat down to eat. No care for the cries of your own brother. No care for the cries of those people on the backs of whom you have gathered your riches together. You don't even hear them. You're just like Joseph's brothers. I reject your worship. And I tell you, What I want from you. Who is this guy that comes in among you and tells you these things? Will did an outstanding job of reading our verses this morning. Listen to what Amos describes himself as. He says, I was no prophet, nor a prophet's son. But I was a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore figs. But the Lord took me from following the flock. And the Lord said to me, go prophesy to the people of Israel. I'm not educated. I'm a simple farmer. But God sent me with this message. And Amos' approach, really my approach, if you go back to chapter one, you know how sometimes when when you feel picked on, I'm going to use an easy example for you. You get your tax bill in the mail. I know, maybe some of you have gotten your tax bills in the mail for property taxes lately, recently. And you look at that, and you think you're going to write a letter and say, Look at all of these people out there who are not paying taxes and you're picking on me. All of these corporations that don't pay any taxes. And here you've sent me the tax bill. How unfair. But Amos begins in chapter one when he says for three sins yet four. And he starts with those and imagine that erase your memory, and I've come here, and I begin to tell you about all of those people that God is going to punish. And here I start, and I talk about Damascus, and you're saying, oh, yeah, go after Damascus. They're evil. Gaza? Oh, right there, I'm with you. One after another. Tyre, Edom, Ammon, Moab. And then we come down to chapter 2, and I begin to tell about the sins of Judah, and you are right there with me. Oh, yeah, Judah, they're sinning. And I brought you in and showed you that God is going to punish those, and you are saying, yes, thumbs up to that. But then I come down to verse 6. I come down to verse 6. For three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not revoke the punishment. And you realize I have come here to talk to you. And if I were to take beginning there and down to the end, it probably would take me about 15 minutes to go word for word what's there. And at the end of 15 minutes, and put yourself back into the people of Bethel, how would you feel? Let me tell you how they felt. In chapter 7, verse 12, Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, Go. Flee away to the land of Judah and eat bread there and prophesy there, but never again prophesy at Bethel. For it is the king's sanctuary and it is a temple of the kingdom. Who are you to come here and tell us? He says to the king, The king, he says, You're going to be overthrown. You're going to be killed. This kingdom's going to come to an end. No one wants to hear that. We have been a kingdom for over two centuries 230 to 250 years. And you tell us it's going to come to an end? And the spokesman says, Go away. Go eat your bread in Judah. What he's really saying? We're not paying you. You're someone who comes here expecting to be paid. You think this is your profession? But Amos says, I'm not a prophet, not a son of a prophet. I didn't go to a prophet school. I came here because God told me to preach this message to Israel. Some of the saddest verses that you can read are when you come to the end of the history the end of 2 Kings, 2 Chronicles, where it tells us that over and over God sent his prophets to tell the people to repent. And they would not until God could do it no more. And knowing the history and the backdrop of this book, it will be one generation until Israel falls. If this was written around 755 B.C., Israel is taken into captive, never again to be known as a nation, taken captive by Assyria. And yet, when Hosea and Amos come to them, they refuse to hear the message. What should become of a nation who refuses to hear the word of God? Turn to chapter 8 and verse 11. And a prophecy that Amos makes to the people. He said, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea, and from north to east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. For you see, they have no need for the word of God. Those who were to teach failed to teach. And remember, we read earlier that God had sent sword, famine, and pestilence upon them. But he says, this time I'm going to send the famine of the word. And they'll wish they had heard it. Imagine a nation that no longer desires the word of God to be taught or to preach or even to follow. Imagine what would happen to a nation who calls the Lord their God and turns its back on God and builds its wealth upon the backs of others through corruption and greed. And laughs at their parties all the while, knowing where their money has come from. O Israel, imagine a preacher that comes into your midst. We see this centuries later in the book of Matthew chapter 3. Beginning in verse 3, he says, For this is he who has spoken, they're talking about John the Baptist, This is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. You see, he was a Nazarite. And it tells us that his garment was camel's hair and a leather belt. He eats locusts. You know he's a prophet when you see him. And listen to what he says. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the roots of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Imagine that you're standing there listening to this sermon of repent or perish. What a message. The saddest part, even sadder than the situation that they find themselves in, knowing that they have built their nation on this, is now they have said, go back to where you came from. Go eat your bread where you came from. Because we'll have none of your words. How sad. It is for Israel or any nation who spurns and shuns God and his commandments. Paul writes in Romans 15.4, Some will ask, why read the Old Testament? For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. He told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 10, 11 through 12, Now these things happen to them as an example, but they are written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. You see, Amos' message is a timeless message. For nations whom Daniel says God raises up, and takes down according to his will. But for you and I as individuals when we hear a message. The nation we live in may turn its back on the message. But as individuals we have a choice of whether or not we are going to follow God. You see the nation we live in may turn its back on God. But as individuals, we know what is right. We know. And may it never be that a nation comes to a point where there is a famine of the Word of God in the land. May the Word of God be always available to preach. And may those who are like Amos who have been given the task of preaching God's Word continue on. Regardless or whether they are told to go back where they come from. God requires in every age obedience to his will. And in the age in which we live in, God has said that you must believe in my son. And you must believe that he came to die for your sins, of which you cannot pay the price for. In the life that you have lived outside of my son, you are an enemy of me, but my son died to bring you in. And believing in Christ, repent of the life that you have lived. Confess that he is Lord, Master, and King. He is my son. And in that part which puts us into Christ. Be willing to be baptized for the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of your sins, that your sins might be washed away, just like Paul was told. Be baptized into Christ. Whatever condition your life is in this day, Hear the words of the prophets from ages ago to today to come to the Lord. All together we stand and sing. I'm pressing on the upward.